Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, December 28th. We are here live. It's time for Destination Health. We're going to open the phone lines right now. Go ahead and start dialing. We've got nothing going on today. I have no guests. Uh, Lauren won't be joining me today. No real theme. I've got some odds and ends I can talk about here in the open, but uh, today's really about you and what's on your mind. It's a health free-for-all. Anything goes. If you want to talk about anything related to health, food, fitness, nutrition, diet, disease, lifestyle, training, sleep, stress, you name it, we'll talk about it. COVID, the vaccine, anything goes as long as it's related to health. Pick up the phone and join me. We'll get to those calls here in just a little bit. 855-950-3835. Looks like calls are starting to come in, so you're going to want to jump on this quickly. I think the day might go fast today. We will see. We'll get to those calls here in a little bit. I do have a couple things I want to talk about while the uh, while the calls are coming in there. We've talked many times about the problems with artificial sweeteners. You know, we should, uh, I think we might have a document somewhere. If not, we should probably do one on sweeteners. So we have artificial sweeteners. We have real sweeteners. We have some that confuse a lot of people. Are they real or are they artificial we should probably try to clarify that a little more. So true artificial sweeteners, uh, aspartame is probably the biggest, most popular. Um, it can get confusing because then you have brand names like sucralose and Splenda. And these are typically the big three are the the packets you see, um, the blue, pink, and yellow. Those are primarily the three big artificial sweeteners. We've been saying for years you should avoid those like the plague. They should not even be on the market. They have had so many problems over the years, and now there's a new one. Um, they are really hard on our brain. They have been linked to a lot of neurological problems, MS, there's some correlation between high artificial sweetener use and MS, and MS is a neurological condition. Now, another neurological condition, and it's worse than we thought. So aspartame, um, which, by the way, that was approved in 1981. It's in almost 5,000 food products and we produce 3,000 to 5,000 metric tons of this stuff. Um, what they're finding now is, now this was a, an animal study, but I'm pretty sure they're going to correlate when they, when they do human studies on this as well. They used a dose that would be equivalent to I believe six to eight sodas a day. Yeah, let me find that. Six to eight, eight ounce cans of soda, cans of soda daily. Diet soda is where you're going to find this. That may sound like a lot. I know people who that's a very, very common amount for them to drink. 
And let's say that they found this problem in six to eight servings. Do you think then that two would be safe or even one? That's not how it works. That, uh, that six to eight is not a big dose, not at all. But here's what they found. It is absolutely linked to anxiety. Um, here's the quote. Um, the mice consumed the aspartame-laced water for 12 weeks, just 12 weeks, which led to robust dose-dependent anxiety. It was such a robust anxiety-like trait that I don't think any of us were anticipating we would see. It was completely unexpected. Usually you see subtle changes. These were robust, massive changes in 12 weeks with just six to eight sodas a day. That is not a good sign. It gets worse though. Once the problem's created, it could last two generations. This doesn't just stop with you. This gets transferred onto your children and your grandchildren. These things should be taken off the market. They should have never been approved. Uh, if we're going to talk about drugs, we might as well. Got a couple other articles here about drugs. Um, the FDA has approved a new drug. <sighs> you know, I, I don't even know where to start with this. So we, we've talked about the fact that most drugs on the market never really cure a disease or fix the disease or address the root cause. They tend to just cover up symptoms. That's why you have to take them the rest of your life. You look at these medications that people are on and they never come off of them because they don't fix anything. They just cover up symptoms. Well, now they figured out a new way to create more drugs and make more money. The FDA has just approved a pill that will delay diabetes. Doesn't fix it. We're talking about type 1 diabetes now, which is, is very different. Type 1 is an autoimmune condition. And there are three stages of type 1. Uh, in the three stages, in the first stage, there has been an antibody detected in some sort of a lab test. So there are no symptoms of type 1 diabetes in stage 1. It just means that they found the antibody. In stage 2, they found the antibody and it has started attacking the beta cells of the pancreas. That's what happens once that antibody kills all the beta cells, then you are clearly a type 1 diabetic. You will need insulin for the rest of your life. They have now found that if they give this drug at stage 1 or 2, they can slow down stage 3. It's never going to stop it from happening. It's still coming. You are still going to be a type 1 diabetic. It, it best case scenario, instead of taking 50 or 25 weeks to occur, it takes 50. You know, that sounds really good. Oh, look, you doubled the time that I don't have diabetes. But come on, most, most type 1 cases are young people under 20. 
So is it really there? And now they will live with type one diabetes for the rest of their life, which is going to shorten their life, causes all kinds of problems. It's a really horrendous disease. It's very difficult to manage, virtually impossible. So they'll get it. They'll have six more months of not being a type one diabetic. And then they have 30 to 40 years where they will be a type one diabetic. Is it really worth taking a toxic drug? Um, and this really is a toxic drug. It is associated with some pretty serious side effects. Um, decreased white blood cells, um, cytokine release syndrome. Cytokine release syndrome is, is possibly what killed a lot of people with COVID, not COVID itself was the cytokine release, um, risk of serious infections, decreased levels of white blood cells called lymphocytes, risk of hypersensitivity reactions. What we're describing here is a drug that massively uh, tamps down the immune system. So type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune condition. So we're going to give this toxic drug that turns off our immune system so that we won't get type one diabetes right away, we'll get another six month break, at best six more months. Then the person's still going to be diabetic for the rest of their life and this drug has compromised their immune system. Well, what are we thinking? This has to be some sort of a plan. This can't be stupidity. This can't be ignorance. We're creating more and more drugs that compromise our immune system when we're being surrounded by viruses and we need our immune system more than ever. I, I just, I don't get it. I, it, it. If it's not stupidity or ignorance, it's gotta be just plain evil. It, greed isn't even enough to cover this. It's getting so bad. All right, I'm going to get to some calls. We still have plenty of phone lines open. I have some other things I might talk about, but uh, I'd much rather talk about what's on your mind today. I did not do a lot of show prep today. I'm not doing a whole lot of anything right now. Um, pretty much just kind of taking it easy for this two weeks. I'll do the show today, do the show tomorrow, and we're going to take another long weekend, and then we're going to come back and hit the ground running full speed. We've got lots of projects. We've got some travel coming up this spring. A lot of stuff to look forward to. But uh, for right now, I'm kind of counting on you. So pick up the phone and join me. 855-950-3835. We're going to get started in Colorado. Colt, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going today? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to uh, share my success story with you real quick. Excellent. Uh, I posted a before and after picture, oh, a couple weeks ago. I was the one that was, uh, does a lot of boating out in western Colorado. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. That was an awesome story. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, had a lot of issues my entire life from uh, joint pain in my hands and my hip, uh Doctors always told me I just needed physical therapy to strengthen my hip, uh, things like that. I had a lot of breathing issues. 
even when I was a teenager, uh, just dealt with a lot of stuff for a lot of years. And back in January, I stepped on the scale, uh, 5'10". I was right at 200 pounds and I looked at my wife and I said, well, I think it's time I need to start listening to what you've been telling me. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that post. She's a, a, a nutritionist. Uh, she went to school for nutrition. She teaches at the local high school. Uh, she's been telling me this stuff forever and I never listened. Um, right. But I, I finally started doing what you're doing. Uh, I started off. Uh, within probably a week, week and a half, I didn't have any more joint pain. I mean, uh, everything just cleared up like, like nothing. It was unbelievable how fast things cleared up. Uh, now I'm not getting, I'm not running out of breath, walking up the boat ramp to go get the truck. I mean, all that stuff. It's just unbelievable how quickly it works. That's, uh, you know, I, and now I, I never get tired of these stories. I, I love hearing them, and I still to this day am shocked at how bad things can get for some people. How many symptoms? Like you had a lot of different symptoms. That was a lot of systems in your body not working properly, and how yep. fast yep. our body can turn this around. And don't you think, you know, you know how much you suffered with those things, the pain, the discomfort, the yep. You know, you stop doing some things, right? If you're tired all the time, you I can't did, catch yeah. your breath. Um, you just stop doing them because it's so uncomfortable. And you think about all these years we all wasted. And you look around at all the people yep. who haven't figured this out yet. And you think, this is just horrendous. This is so wrong that yep. so many people are suffering every day when we can turn this around so fast and so easy. Yeah, it, it, it really, it, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I even went in to get checked for asthma because my breathing was so bad. And that, that changed when I started just taking like a tablespoon of honey every morning. And people look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, man. I mean, I, I started developing allergies the last couple of years. I don't have allergies anymore. I mean, so many things. And it was affecting my life. Uh, you know, I got two small kids, a four and a six-year-old. And I, I couldn't do a lot with them or I could only do things for a certain amount of time uh, because, it, you know, I couldn't sit down on the floor and play with them because my hip hurt too bad and then I couldn't get up. And it's it just ridiculous. And, and it's, it, yeah, it's just mind blowing how, how quickly. And then it's funny because people say, man, you look great. What are you doing? And then you tell them like, Oh no, no, you can't do that. That's, that's not, that's not right. And I'm like, okay, well, I just dropped 40 pounds in five months. Um, and I got rid of all my joint pain and I don't have allergies anymore and I can breathe good, but you're right. It doesn't work. So whatever. And I, it, anymore, I don't know how you continue to do it with the, with the arguing of people and, because I, I just can't even argue with them anymore. If they argue a point to me, I'm just like, all right, whatever. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm, this is what I did and it worked for me. If you want to try it, great. If you don't, uh, you know, for example, my, uh, my wife's sister, she's a, a, uh, a nurse at the local hospital, does labor and delivery. And she's always had issues with her weight. And so we started telling her about this and, uh, she really just the other day, she told me, Oh, I, I can't do it anymore. I've been having all these issues and, uh, digestive issues and, uh, getting lightheaded and, you know, all these different things and heartburn and yada, yada. Well, then it come out. She's like, well, you're never going to believe this, 
you've probably never even heard of it, but there's this new pill out there to help lose weight. And I said, is it Ozempic? <laughs> and <laughs> of course, that's what it is. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not a good idea. Oh, no, no, it's great. You know, it's FDA approved. I was like, yeah, so is the COVID vaccine and a lot of other stuff. Like, doesn't mean it's good for you. Yeah. Um, and, oh, no, all the all the doctors and nurses are doing it, and they love it. And this, I'm like, well, now you just gave me, you know, fears of if I ever have to go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> because they all believe in that, you know. Um, but then I said, you know, have you even looked up the symptoms of it? And every symptom, excuse me, that she's having is a side effect of Ozempic. Unbelievable. But that still wasn't enough to convince her that it's not good. And it was just so frustrating for me. And I'm just like, all right, you know, there's nothing else I can do. You're on your own, you know. This whole topic of Ozempic and Wagovi now, which is really just Ozempic on steroids. It's just a bigger dose of Ozempic. That's the drug that they're really taking. They've they've moved up to Wagovi. It's kind of like moving from heroin to fentanyl. You know, it's the same idea. It's just a whole lot stronger. And the results are about the same. Gotcha. This is such... I I haven't talked much about this because I can't even get my head around this. I I am at the Mm -hmm. point in my life where you can't get me to take an Advil. It is not happening. Yeah. I don't take any over-the-counter yep. medications anymore. Um, there's no way I'm going to take some sort of toxic pharmaceutical for the rest of my life. And I'm not sure if anybody's yep. telling these people or not. I, I've seen some doctors try to report on this. I don't know how many doctors are actually telling people. It, already, we know enough about this that if you stop taking this drug, the weight comes back with a vengeance almost immediately. It is is unbelievable that these people are willing to take this toxic pharmaceutical drug to lose weight. And and is anybody asking them, when are you going to stop taking this drug? And what are you going to do? Because you're going to gain all the weight back. Are are these people really planning on taking this drug the rest of their life? Right. Right. You know, and that actually leads me to my next question. I actually have a couple questions, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Um, you brought up the, you know, the Advil. And it's funny how many of these things that you've been teaching us or I've been learning, I've actually, like, I believed all my life without knowing the information or knowing why. Right. Just like eating this way. Everyone's always told me not to eat that way. I'm like, well, how the hell did we eat a hundred thousand years ago? We ate animals. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and I'm a big, I'm a big heavy, uh, you know, wild game hunter out here in Western Colorado. And that's awesome. Oh, you can't eat all that red meat. Like, well, what do you, what does the native Americans do out here that live here before us? You know? And so, um, it, but I've never been one for pills. I hate them. I, I only, in the past, I've only taken them like on the, the worst of my days of like, cause I mean, my hip pain got so bad to where it's like, I could barely walk. Yeah, And so I was like, man, I got to get a couple ibuprofen in me because yep. I, I got to be able to work today, you know? Exactly. Uh, but I, I, I hate it. I, I'm like a dog, too. I can't swallow them. I got to disguise them in some meat to get them down my throat. <laughs> uh, so I, I've never liked them. But so, like I said, we got two small kids. And recently, the kids and I all came down with a fever. 
And, you know, I, I'm, I'm all right to not have to take anything. Uh, you know, I can deal with it. But a four and a six year old, when they're at 103, 104 degrees, no, fever, I, I, it was like, man, all right, we got to give them some ibuprofen and Tylenol. And, and I felt bad because the fevers went like five days and we couldn't break them. And I just, I felt horrible just pumping this crap into them. And I don't know if you have a, a better solution or an answer. It's just, we're working really hard to get them on board, you know, get their, their diet better. Um, yeah. and, and I just, I, I felt bad five days of that, you know, you know, I, I would have done the same thing. You know, I would have let it go okay. several days because, you know, here's one of the things we're also not told about, you know, medications, whether they're, we're going to talk more about over the counter right now. But I, I had just talked about uh-huh. all the medications that don't really solve any problems. They just cover up symptoms. And that's typical of yeah, right. virtually every drug. Ozempic does not cure you of diabetes ever. Metformin does not cure you yep. of diabetes ever. You have to, it, none of the high blood pressure drugs cure your high blood pressure. They only take care yep. of symptoms and they don't even do a really great job of that. We, we still end up feeling like crap right. most of the time. But one of the things we've never right. really been told about over-the-counter stuff. So you, you get a cold or the flu, and you start thinking about all your symptoms. Okay, I've got a runny nose. I keep sneezing. I've got all this snot. This is annoying. Um, I, I'm just going to take an antihistamine to clear all that up, to dry it up so that stops and I don't have this symptom anymore. You know, I've got this fever and it's making yeah. me feel like crap. I don't want to do anything. I've got a headache now. So let me take some Advil or some Tylenol to knock the fever down. I've got this cough that's making me crazy. Let me take this other medication that is supposed to take care of my cough. I, the list goes on and on and on. What we're never told yeah. is every one of those symptoms is our body's way of fighting the disease. You're blowing your nose and sneezing. That's how your body gets the virus and the bacteria out. It it produces mucus to collect and surround it, and then we expel the mucus. That's our body fighting to get that out of our body, and we take a drug to stop that from happening. The fever, a fever is one of the best ways our body can fight disease. It actually can kill the virus with those temperatures. So we do want to let that that fever climb. It can be dangerous, so we have to be careful with it. But the longer we can let that fever go, the better our body gets at defeating these things. And we take all these over-the-counter medications thinking they're safe, and they're really not. They're really hard on our gut microbiome. They're hard on all kinds of things. And they actually prolong the problem. But nobody ever tells us that. Right. Well, and you know, and that's kind of how I felt. I, I can't remember if it was Dr. Wilson or who you had on recently talking about fevers and sweating and detoxing. And so I was kind of letting mine go to just let that process happen. And with the kids, you know, we, we try and do it more, more towards the evening and night when they're going to go to bed. So that way no, that, they, I, they sleep through the night. I would have done the and, same thing. I mean, we still did it. We still did some during the day, but we definitely like to, to let the medicine wear off, see where they're at, let it go for a little bit. And then the problem is, too, is once you give them the medicine, 
it makes us feel 100%. And then they're off running around jumping off the walls. It's like, well, you're not going to get better by burning all that energy. You need to just lay down, you know. And so I I didn't know what you thought about that. But well, and then let's think about this. You know, we we live in a society where we're close to a lot of other people. We we do have to remember that we work close. We're in close spaces. Um, yeah, and diseases do spread. We, you know, we were told you have to take this vaccine to protect other people. What a total crock of bullshit that was because it didn't protect anybody. Yep. But a lot of us in the beginning said. Uh, you know, you're right. I don't want to get it and spread it to somebody else. For me, it would have never mattered. I, it's easy for me to isolate. I don't have to go to work anywhere. I don't have to be anywhere. My whole right. plan was I'm just staying away from other people because I'm not getting this damn vaccine. But we we should right. think yep. about when we're sick, whether it's a flu or the cold or COVID or whatever it might be, it would make a lot more sense if we stayed away from other people. But we don't. We take all this over-the-counter crap or we go to the doctor and tell him to give us antibiotics, which probably isn't going to do any good anyway. And then we go to work and, and we yeah. feel good about it. No, no, I'm just going to push through mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to work. Well, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe you should just stay, keep your yeah. ass in bed and stay home and rest a little bit and, and stay away from other people. Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and it's funny because I've always been a big believer in uh, just uh, natural immunity. My brother and I, we grew up, we didn't have medicine, we didn't go to the doctors, we drank water out of the irrigation ditch in the backyard, whatever. <laughs> exactly. And we were fine. <laughs> and my neighbor, the two neighbor boys down the street, their dad was a pharmacist. Those kids were sick all the time. I'll bet. Constantly. Because they had a, they had a pharmaceutical for every little symptom. And me and my brother, we're like, man, we can drink ditch water. We can do whatever we want to do. And we don't get sick at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. And so I've always been a big believer. But then what really started to get me, uh, one, was my horrible diet that I used to be on. Uh, but then when I started driving the truck and being in by myself most of my time, my immune system just tanked. And then my wife, you know, she's a high school teacher, so hers is great. She's around that crap all day, every day. Yeah. And then we get together, and then I'm just constantly sick because she's bringing stuff home, and I don't have an immune system anymore. Right. But we've worked on that, you know, one with the diet. We do a ton of fermented foods. We've been loving the heck out of the, the, the hot honey. I mean, we can't oh, stop awesome. making the stuff. We've got so much hot sauce in the fridge, and... We both eat the crap out of it, and we're sweating, and our eyes are burning because it's so hot. But uh, it, it, it's been great. But, you know, and, and like with the COVID vaccine, unfortunately, my wife in the very beginning was forced to get it, uh, you know, with the with the school system. They're like, you, if you, you, know, know. you have to have it. Oh. And she was against it, but she did. I, I don't remember which one it was. It was just a one-time shot. And, then, and this is kind of a question for you, too, which was weird. All of a sudden, she couldn't eat eggs anymore. When she would eat eggs, she would get the worst stomach cramps and discomfort. And and then after about six months, it went away. And now she can eat them again. And we've always said, well, it must, do, must have been something with that vaccine. But we don't know any more than that. And you I don't know, know you've it, heard of that. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Eggs, you know, uh, also, depending on your source of eggs, I mean, we really should try to get the, you know, the best pastured eggs we can. If you can get local pastured eggs, that's even better. 
Eggs can have issues yeah. for people. Eggs have some proteins that, that people don't handle well in our industrial raised eggs or even worse. And then I do believe yeah. that this vaccine caused issues like that. And, and the reason is it's yeah. your immune system that determines whether or not you're going to have some of these food reactions. That's actually your immune system reacting to these foods. And this vaccine yeah. just wreaks havoc with the immune system. Yeah, I have another article I might yeah, read okay. today that it's just, you know, I almost get tired of posting this stuff. Because it's so repetitive, one more problem with the vaccine, and we can prove it. The data's there. Nobody's talking about it. The whole sudden death thing yep. after the vaccine, I, I, I'm just so tired of that. I, I, I get two or three every single day now. 30-year-olds dying two yep. days after they get the vaccine. 45-year-olds dying suddenly for no apparent reason. I get a couple of them a day. And I'm just so tired of posting them. So, yeah, I don't doubt that right. well, her reaction to eggs was a, a byproduct of the vaccine. Well, and then her mother has the same issue, which she still has a problem with eggs. It hasn't gone away. Um, and then it's funny with the vaccine stuff. Uh, my wife's stepfather got vaccinated and then within a couple of weeks had what were symptoms like a stroke. And he went to the emergency room. They said it was a stroke. They threw him on a statin. And oh. then my stepfather had what they called a mini stroke. And they threw him on a statin. And then my father, actually back in April, and he's actually who turned me on to you a couple years ago. He's been listening to you for like five years. So he's been following your stuff pretty well. He's not as good with this stuff. So that he, it's not been as clean as it probably should be, I guess. But it's far better than the standard American diet. Right. He ended up having a heart attack, and they had to do five bypasses to his heart. Oh. I mean, he was – luckily, he took your advice at taking blood pressure a couple times a week or whatever. Right. And, you know, on one day it was good, and then he started feeling weird, and his blood pressure was like 250 over oh. 180. Ouch. And he's like, uh, something's not good. And, I mean, he was plugged up. But I just don't understand – and then the doctors even told, well, you're cholesterol, which I know they're, the way they count isn't a good way to count, but they're like, yeah, your cholesterol looks great. We're not sure why this happened, but <laughs> let's start taking blood thinners and a statin. And I'm just like, oh, crap, you know? I know. Which, that leads me to my other question, too. You talk about the correct way to, you know, to find the ratios to figure out if, if your cholesterol levels are good in, in, in the way you count it. Is there somewhere, you know, the, the equation to figure that out? Like, you know, the percentage between HDL and triglycerides and stuff like that? I yeah. mean, how, do, how are you figuring that? You know, if you just do a search online for cholesterol ratio calculators, you'll come up with a ton of them. Okay. And they're all this, they're using the same okay. formula. They're pretty simple ratios. I just needed I mean, to I, know how to word it. Yeah, I could even show the okay. math. I mean, it's not a complicated formula at all. It's usually a ratio, meaning you're dividing one number by the other is normally all we're doing here. Well, but instead of trying to remember, you, you know, am I supposed to one. do oh, yeah. HDL to triglycerides or do I do HDL to total or do I do total to, instead of trying to remember those, the calculations themselves are really easy. 
I'm just trying to remember which one you're supposed right. to do. And so if you just search for cholesterol ratio calculator, they'll come up, you plug in your numbers and it gives you some results. Hey, here's okay. the other thing though. I, 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 yep. Honestly, we, I, I like to simplify things here. Um, most good practitioners today, doctors, cardiologists, Dr. Wolfson will tell you the same thing. Your cholesterol numbers are what they are. Uh, it, testing right. them is almost, it, it's really not worth it. I've only tested mine once in my life that I know of. Yep. Now, there may be other times where it got tested and I wasn't even aware of the numbers or didn't see them or whatever, but I've only known my cholesterol numbers once. It was maybe a year or two ago. I did it and they would have put me on a statin in a heartbeat. I mean, I was way <laughs> over the numbers that, but when I look at it, I look at it and go, no, that's pretty much where I want my cholesterol to be. I, it, it's almost right. not even worth testing or messing with these numbers. If you think your cholesterol might be bad and you've, you've moved to a more carnivore type diet, then the only other thing you can do that's going to make any difference is to work on the quality of your diet. If you're already eating mostly yeah. meat and fatty meat and you know, you're avoiding all the grains and all the processed food and you're avoiding a lot of sugar, um, if that's the case and you go test your numbers, what are we going to do to make them better? The, the only thing you can do right. is just work to improve the quality of your diet. Don't eat out at restaurants as often because they use really bad seed oils. They're going to use industrial meats. Yep. So that's the only next step there really is, is, is improve the quality. Yep. So why even bother going through all the testing and looking at the numbers and figuring out all this stuff? Because you're either going to improve the quality or you're not. And if you do, your cholesterol numbers will get even better. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I feel great about what we're doing. It's kind of funny. Uh, it's almost like we don't even need a pantry anymore because we don't have anything to put in it. It's more yeah. of a storage area now. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I recently, there was a guy on the show the other day that talked about that Instapot Max for like canning. And I've been wanting to get into the meat, you know, the pressure canning and stuff. And so, uh, let's get christmas this year uh but like i said our pantry is just storage um we yeah. everything is fresh and whole foods um we got rid of all the seed oils you know we have avocado awesome. oil coconut you know yeah. all that stuff the, the biggest thing the, the, the only thing i really need to work on now um i didn't want to pile everything on all at once but just you know getting more of the grass grass-fed beef and, yeah. and forced yeah. pork and stuff like that. You know, um, you, but other than that, everything, you know, no grains. Cause if, if I have even like a bite of bread, I'm in pain for like two or three days. It's unbelievable. So it, grains are like, don't even bring them near me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Now you mentioned earlier, you're a, a big game hunter. You should learn yeah. how to pressure can and you should load that pantry up. Every time you kill something, you don't waste a scrap of yep. anything. You don't need freezer space. You just can all that and just keep piling it into that and go kill something else and can it. I mean, my pantry is primarily meat storage. And I will tell you the single and, and that's biggest thing I do that 
out of, that came out of all of this is is canning meat, pre-cooking protein, yep. changed everything. Meals are so easy now. I grab the protein that's, that's already cooked, and you're eating in you know minutes. It, or you can put it together and make meals out of it. But either pressure canning, which is what we do most of, or, you know, things like meatloaf, meatballs, burgers, we'll make those ahead of time and freeze them. You know, we'll vacuum pack them and freeze gotcha. them. But having pre-cooked proteins changed everything. Makes meals so much easier. And and that's that's my plan. That's what I really wanted. When, when I heard that guy talk about that Instant Pop Max, I was like, man, I got to get that because, I, I haven't gotten into it yet, and I've been wanting to, and I think that'll help it out, make it a little easier for me. And then just for meal prepping on the road, um, just go grab a couple cans and, and hit the road, you Off know? Off you go. Because uh, yeah. I, I don't work over the road. I, I work locally mostly, you know, be gone a night or two here or there. But, um, yeah, and, and I do all, all my own processing of the wild game. So I do a lot of jerky, oh, yeah. uh, jerky sticks, yeah. sausage, you, all kinds of stuff. And uh, this this year I was, I was lucky enough. I got a, I got a pronghorn and a mule deer. And so we've been enjoying that. We like mule deer stew and stuff. And it's been, it's been great. So, so let me, let me make a recommendation. I, you certainly, if you want to start yeah. with the instant pot max, the one that actually pressure cans, I think you're only going to be able to get maybe three or four jars in one of those. You're not going to get a lot. Yeah. It's, it, it's pretty small. Yeah. Yep. It's not a bad way to get started because that device does so many other things too. It's an awesome appliance to have for, you know, in the kitchen. I have several of those kinds of appliances, it, not just one. I have several because yep. I, I use them all the time, but from what I'm hearing from you with all the hunting you do, you're already making all your own jerkies. You should get yourself a big All-American. Like I have a 25 quart. Uh-huh. Um, you should get at least that size and maybe even a couple sizes bigger. It's really worth it because you're going to be gotcha. canning a lot of meat at once. And the, the thing yeah. about each batch really takes a long time. You know, it, it's if you're uh-huh. going to do I when it comes to meat, I do almost all of our meat in pints, not quarts, because a quart of meat is a lot of meat for two people. So normally we just do pints. It's just about perfect for a meal. But in, in my 25 quart, which that tells you the whole volume of the inside of it, it will hold 17 pint jars. It will only hold. Oh, wow seven quart jars, I think. The pints you can stack. You put one layer in the bottom, you put a a tray on top of those, and then you can stack more pints on the top and you can get 17. So, but then the thing is, they have to process, pints have to process meat 75 minutes. Um, But you've got to bring the canner up to temperature You've got to vent out the pressure. You've got to put the weight on. You've got to bring it back up to to full pressure. Sometimes that process takes almost an hour to get all that stuff done. And And then then you've got another hour and 15 minutes. (laughs) Then you've got to let the canner cool down on its own. You can't just release the pressure. So the cool down process takes probably another two hours if you do it right. So one batch in the pressure canner can end up taking you like four or five hours. Now you're not active the whole time. It's not like you have to be doing something, 
but you also can't start another right. batch until that one's done and then you clean out the canner and then you start again. So at some point yep. I'm going to get another canner and I'm going to get an even bigger one. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I figured it'd be great for a start. Plus it has a sous vide. I tried that out the other night with some steak and they were amazing. Isn't that um, incredible? And then I can still do my pot roast. And yeah, it was. And, and, uh, you know, and then I can still do my, my stews, you know, just in a, like a regular crock pot stage and, and whatnot. So it's all around pretty good, but I wanted to start small before I go invest a yeah. ton of money. And, uh, I learned that the hard way with some, uh, you know, my first batch of jerky on the smoker. I, I used elk and I ended up burning it all because I did something wrong. I was like, I need to start, start with beef or something a little cheaper and easier to get, you know, because once the elk meat's gone, it's gone until next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're it probably that was a little the, unfortunate. So smart, start with small. Yeah, the thing you have to be careful of with all wild game is it's so lean. We're, we're used to fatty yep. meat. You know, almost all of the beef we get is pretty fatty. Pork, you, you almost have to treat, you know, wild game the way you treat the pork you get from the grocery store these days. You know, we they remember uh-huh. way back when they started calling pork the other white meat. They And they, they started breeding pigs that were really, really yeah. lean. Um, you know, I've gone back to all the old school breeds of pork now, and they are so fatty. They're so good. They're so easy to cook. Yep. You know, I grew up hating pork chops because I grew up in that era where yep. everybody was afraid of trichinosis. You have to cook pork till it's done, done was the way. We, and you take a pork chop, especially these lean pigs that we've had you know, for the last several decades and you cook it all the way through, it's like shoe leather. That is, it's awful. Uh-huh. Today, now I have these fatty pork chops, big, thick cut, lots of fat in them. And I cook them till they're rare. I eat my pork rare. Uh, we, we have gotcha. no concerns about trichinosis. I, I know the, you know, food supply where these pigs are coming from. I have no problem eating it rare and it is so much better. I just love the, you know, a right. big, thick bone in ribeye pork chop. Uh, you know, a cowboy pork chop is just awesome, but wild game, even a lot of the grass fed beef. You just, we have to cook it a lot less. It's very lean. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and when I do, like, my ground deer and uh, ground elk and stuff, I always buy a bunch of suet and, and, and add that yeah. in. Yeah. Because uh, it is too lean, you it know. It is, yeah. Um, and so, but, you know, it, it, it's great to have. I mean, we live kind of out in the woods, and I can go deer hunt literally in my backyard. Uh, my wife won't let me. <laughs> um, she, she likes our deer too much. But, yeah, that's right. So I go up the road about 20 minutes and, and get one up there. But uh, there you go. You know, and it's great. I love it with the kids. Uh, you know, I took my, my four year old this year for the first time and teach him all about it. And, and uh, we're lucky enough to get one. And, and so it's just an all around great experience. I think everyone should do it. Uh, it, it it's a ton of fun and, and great, great to know. You know what I mean? So. You know, they, there's there's something else that if people haven't hunted before, they might be a little freaked out. Yeah, I get it. You're killing an animal. 
There's going to be blood. There, there are those things. But the, the other thing that if you haven't done this, you don't realize there's an awful lot of satisfaction going out and killing something that, that you eat to sustain yourself and live from. And I don't think people think yep. about that. There, there's something very satisfying about developing those skills and going out and killing something you can eat. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And I mean, even if I, if, if I go a season and I don't get something, uh, just being out is, is that's another is good point, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, I I got, and I got, I got five real quick. I got five trail cameras up around where I hunt all over the place. And I I use it as a good excuse too, like throughout the the spring and summer uh, to get the family out. And we go up, you know, two or three times a month or however often and, and just get the chips out to see what's on camera. You know, it helps me to know what's there for that season, but it's also great. We get out. Uh, we go on hikes, you know, and, and it's just all around great. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I'll, you, always, I'll, I'll always do it. So You have got to pressure can. If you walk into my pantry, you will find canned beef, canned pork, canned turkey, canned ground beef, canned ground bison. Um, You'll find some chilies already pre-canned. You'll find meat sauces with the like a tomato base from the garden. There are tons and tons of those. I mean, I can go on and on. All of that stuff is all pre-cooked and pre-canned. And it is, like I said, it, yep. it's just a game changer when it comes to meals. It's so easy. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's the goal. That's what, that's what we want to do. So, um and then uh, now that the kids are a little older, we're thinking this spring we'll finally get some chickens. We got plenty of room for them. Uh, I got bugs all over, you know, and that's so that's right. our plan. We've been getting them from the neighbor, so we've been getting good eggs. Uh, the neighbor has a bunch, you know, Excellent. and so. Um, and then our other neighbor, they raise sheep, so you know, I, I want to try and get one from them sometime. Yeah, uh, it, it it's just great. I mean, I I love it. All of this is just amazing. Uh, you know, I I can't thank you enough for for turning me on to this stuff. And I mean, like I say, my wife's all mad because I listen to you, but not her, but <laughs> she's just happy that I'm on board with all this now and, and, uh, getting my act together. And I mean, I, I feel better now at 34 than I did in all of my twenties, even my later teens. I, you know, I, I was miserable. Uh, I, I love the fact that I see younger and younger people doing this. You know, I, I love the fact that, that my son started doing this in his twenties his two sons, the uh-huh. twins, really have eaten this way their whole life. That That's so exciting to think about how healthy they're going to be as long as they just maintain this. You know, I, I didn't make this change until yep, I was 51, almost 52. And I tell people to, and I know they don't believe me, but I feel better than I did yep. in my 20s. I, I, I had horrible yep. digestive issues my whole life. They, I, I always struggled with digestion. It was it was awful. It was uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. It's a pain. And, and those are gone completely. I, most of my life, I've had joint pain yep. where I was taking Tylenol and Advil. My hips, and I, I know, I busted them in a motorcycle accident. And they told me, oh, they're going to hurt the rest of your life. And you'll probably need a hip replacement someday. And that all sounded right to me. And I used to... Yep. One of the worst things for them, I, I've 
was a bowler most of my life. I grew up in Ohio. Bowling was a pretty big thing. I started when I was a young kid. So I, I bowled a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't bowl anymore. It, it got to the point where it was so hard on yep. my hips. And I used to take three and four and five Tylenol or Advil before I would go bowling to try to head off the pain. And that worked for a while. And yep. then it got so bad, I just had to quit. I, I just could not do it anymore. Now, zero yep. hip pain. None, none whatsoever. There's Amazing. no way I'm ever going to need a hip replacement. There's nothing wrong with my hips. Right. Well, and it's funny because uh, I always just assume the same thing you did. Well, that sounds good. You know, they, they told me I couldn't do a hip replacement because at the time I was only 22. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was too young. They're like, well, you'll have to get it two or three more times, right? Yeah. Um, but I just assumed that was the only option because my mom got two, two hip replacements. Her brother got two hits replaced. Her sister got both replaced, and her other brother got both replaced. I'm like, well, I'm doomed. I mean, I'm just, yeah. it's just let's just get it done and out of the way. Now I'm like, well, shit, man. They probably could have avoided it too. You oh, know, absolutely. Uh, if they would have caught it early enough. Yeah. You know, I, them it, the bone it got to where it's bone on bone and wearing out. But if they could have started this, they could have maybe helped prevent that. And so you know, I'm just glad I caught it in time. You know, Colt, what would be interesting, so your parents are about my age, and, you know, I've had this discussion with a lot of people. Um, people our age now getting all these joint replacements, knees and hips, and and I started asking people, when you were growing up, did you know anybody that got a joint replacement? And maybe the answer is we couldn't replace joints back then. I, I don't even know, but it, it right. no, nobody knew anybody that got joints replaced. Why now are all yep. these people getting joints replaced? What has changed that we need all these joints? And they don't go well. There's always right. stories of, oh, they're recalling this certain brand of hip and you've got it, so we've got to go take yep. it out and put in something else. Or, oh, I'm sorry, your your replacement wore out. We have to do another one. And it's just never ending. Well, my aunt's, hers, hers always pop out of place. Oh. And so then she's got to call the doctor or something and get it. And I'm just like, God, what a mess. So I'm just glad I didn't have to do that. But then here's the funny thing. My, my father, he's had the worst diet my whole life until he started listening to you. Yeah. But I remember as a kid, he would, his dinner would be a tub of ice cream. And I'm like, dude, you can't eat that for dinner. He's like, well, it's good. <laughs> and, but what's weird is he was never overweight. He was always in great shape. He played softball every Tuesday. I, I mean, in my twenties, going hunting with him, going snowboarding, doing anything with him, I couldn't keep up with the guy. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this possible? And then he's broken almost every bone in his body he broke his femur in half. I mean, one motorcycle wreck broke his femur, both arms and his other leg all at once. Yeah. You know, so he's got pins and all kinds of stuff, but I, I laugh. I'm like, well, I guess because you're the biotic man or bionic man or whatever, yeah. you know, you, you got all these screws, but he has no joint pain. So it's weird how he's gone so long. And, 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 and then when he had his heart attack, everyone was like, Holy crap. Like how'd that happen to him? Wow. Everyone was like, that should have happened to us way before him. Yeah. You know, and well, it's, just, it's, it's crazy. But it, not if I mean, you understood it. You realized his diet was so poor. So it, I don't think it was a surprise yeah. to you that he might have had a heart attack. Now, the other issue, I, I have a feeling 
there are people, I am positive of this, but we have no way of ever testing this that we've ever been able to figure out. I just know that there are a lot of people that just don't either feel pain as intensely or for some reason it doesn't bother them. And they tend to be people okay. that are described like your father. They end up breaking a lot of bones. Most of us really yep. try hard to avoid breaking bones. It hurts really bad. But I, have, I, I just think yep. there are these people where this stuff doesn't hurt them as much. It just doesn't bother them yeah. as much. And they tend to do more of it. You know, they go out and they do crazier things and they ride the motorcycle harder and they break a bone and it's like, it's no big deal to them. Hell, when I break a bone, it hurts right. bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been lucky enough. I've only broke one and I'm good with that. So <laughs> well, well, we joke too, because back in, this was back in the, you know, the seventies when this happened to him all these times, but his surgeon back then, I, you may have heard of his name is Dr. Stedman, big popular guy out here in Colorado. Uh, but he's he's one that a lot of the sports and athletes, uh, sports players and athletes go yeah. to for surgeries because he's, he's he's renowned for that. But back then it was before he was real popular, so we're like, well, you know, that's why. Yeah, Doctor Stedman, you know, you were you <laughs> right. were healed right, you know. But yeah, uh, um, I he, he he's crazy, and you know, he he had that bypass surgery, and he he's a whole new, new man again. I mean, tons of just doing great. So Excellent. we're thankful for that, but uh, uh, you know, so. Anyways, well, I'll, I'll let you get some other calls. Eventually, the wife's going to want to, she's been wanting to call in. She just, her schedule never works because she teaches. Uh, but she's got a ton of questions because she's dealing with the whole, you know, the government's telling her she's got to teach this, but she doesn't agree with it. Um, so one of these days, I, I keep telling her to call. Just call them and talk to them. And this is my first time calling. And so I'm, I'm glad I did it. It was great talking to you. So Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, and, and I, I, Love to talk to her, so have her call. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate everything you're doing, Kevin. Uh, keep it up. We're, we're out here and uh, just, just loving it. So thank you very much. Fantastic. Thanks for the call. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to stop by Western Colorado and get on the boat with you, do some skiing. All right, let's, um, let's go to some calls here. Let's, uh, let's go to California. Aaron, welcome to the program. Aaron, are you with me? Oh, hello. Hi. Hi there. Um, so I'm calling in. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm extremely emotional. It's okay. And I, I do know some of the backstory here, so I understand. Um, are you, I'm just looking at what's up on my screen here. Are you in Visalia? Um, I'm in Springville. Okay. Um, I just remember it's that area Australia. when I was kind of exploring California, and this was years ago, and, and I spent a night or two there yeah. near um, Visalia. We were heading into one of the parks, and I just remember thinking it was one of the I don't even know how to describe it. One almost like the cleanest, neatest little towns I had seen. It was like all the yards where maybe I just drove through only the really nice parts <laughs> of it, but I just remember it it like standing out to me as being really like neat and tidy and just pretty, you know? Yeah. I I would agree with that. 
just a, a really nice and that's just a, a beautiful part of the country there's so many just you know gorgeous parks and the, just a great place yes yeah. yeah. so what can so, we talk about today I just kind of feel like I'm, I don't know what to do anymore. I feel like it lost. So and I'm not sure. Are the, are the feelings more of feelings like you just don't care enough about things to even to do anything? Like you, you don't want to get up, you don't want to take a shower, or is it more thoughts of worrying about things a lot? Uh, thoughts of worrying and not being good enough. And the, so it, it, it sounds more like anxiety than depression. Um, I'd say it's both. A little of both. And, and they can kind of go hand in hand. And, and I, I'm getting the feeling that yours tends more towards anxiety. Now, the other thing that happens is all of that anxiety. It's really tiring, isn't it? Doesn't that wear you out? It, it drains me. It's like I... I get anxious and worked up, and then it's like my day is ruined. It's like I need to take a nap. I, yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I think in your right case, it, it's, it's the anxiety leading to the depression. Like the anxiety is just wearing yeah. you out. And then you get into kind of more of that depressed state. You're, you're just exhausted. You, you just want to sleep. You don't want to deal with life or the kids or a, anything at all. So, and, and that's yeah. kind of why these two go hand in hand. Every once in a while, we find somebody who's really more on the depressed side and they don't suffer a lot of the anxiety. But I think your primary issue here is the anxiety and that leads us into this kind of just exhausted depressed state um tell me a little bit about your diet um i you know pretty much keto more carnivore but lately it has been just because of the holidays and just yeah stuff i i've been eating not as good as I should. And I know that, and I know that that's part of it, but sometimes it's like, no, I, whenever I get to this point, it's like, I don't care. I don't care. No, and I, I understand. And Aaron, here's, here's one of the reasons this can be so difficult. You know, we, we've, we've identified now that, that parts of our food supply are almost like drugs, the way they affect our brain. And if somebody realizes, hey, I'm, I'm kind of addicted to this drug and I really should stop this because it's not healthy, whether that's alcohol or whatever it might be, none of those drugs mm -hmm. are necessary for us to live. I mean, none of them are easy to quit. We know that people struggle quitting any of those substances, but those are easier because you don't have to have those ever, not even a tiny little amount. 
The problem is when we start to have food right. addictions, we have to eat. That It's not an option not to eat. I mean, we can fast, and we may even talk about that as, as one of the things you might be doing. But I, I get it. We, we have to eat. And then you get to the point where you think, well, what difference does it make whether I eat a, a ribeye or a donut? You know, I'm, I'm just going to eat. And unfortunately, when we feel like this, it's usually the foods that are the worst for us that we crave for some reason. I, it's a vicious circle. I don't know what that is. Um, you know, when we're yeah. good and strong and healthy and we're feeling positive, you know, it's nice to tear into a ribeye. But for some reason, you know, when you're depressed and anxious, you'd rather eat, you know, a big old bowl of mashed potatoes and a donut for dessert. I, I don't know why that is. Yeah. And then it's it's just it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy because that food then makes us feel even worse. And then we're right back into eating it again as comfort food. So um, I, I, I yeah. will tell you, there's there's a whole group of practitioners that that really kind of specialize in emotional eating you know they're good with strategies around some of this stuff unfortunately i'm not one of them i i don't i don't understand that a lot so i i tend to really really go back to the basics on this um there are several things that we now know um contribute to these kinds of feelings it, it can be a food reaction, could be a food. Uh, it's not a true allergy, but it's a, it could be a food reaction. Uh, it can be mm -hmm. uh, dysbiosis, and, and that can really take a long time to tackle. Sometimes dysbiosis, meaning your, your mix of gut bacteria is really off. You know, even though you've, mm -hmm. you've really cleaned up your diet, one of the things that can be hard to turn around is your, your microbiome. It's not easy to change. And it really is the, the root cause of your anxiety. The, the neurotransmitters in your brain that are causing the anxious feelings, they're produced in your gut, over 80% of them. So this is really mm -hmm. more of a gut issue than it is a brain issue. So those are the things we have to start looking at. Should we, you know, consider some food testing to see is there something? And sometimes it can be what we think of as a really clean food. It could be something like eggs. We had a caller earlier who had, you know, horrible reactions to eggs. It can be nuts sometimes. Um, sometimes seafood does it for some people. So we, we might want to look for, you know, some possible strong food reactions that are either causing this or making it worse. Um, how long have you... Well, I've taken the food... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I've, I've done the food sensitivity test um, twice, like the, the ones that you Okay. Any, anything um, stand out as like a real serious offender? Uh dairy okay eggs and eggs cheese milk all those are like my top got it ones and got i it. have been hey, and, and i have been eating that more lately and, and that like, can when that, i yeah I'm, I'm sorry that can be a problem because that's you know eating carnivore and keto those are foods we'd like to be able to add it really gives us some variety and you know, there's, we can add a lot yes, more dishes exactly when we can. It. Like I, right. 
I did, you know, carnivore for a while, and it's like, well, I can still be considered carnivore if I do eggs and cheese. Yeah, correct. But yeah, and it, yeah, you're right. It makes it harder to. Yeah, so not we, have that variety. So for a little while, we might want to cut out the dairy and the eggs. And I know that can be really restrictive then. Um, but if we could do it for a little while, if we can start to see some improvement, then we could also go because those foods should not be reactive. When those are the reactive foods, we know there's a problem somewhere. It could be the, the microbiome. Um, it could be the immune system, but there's still a problem. It, when when somebody is reactive to gluten, yeah. well, of course you are. It, that's a toxin. We shouldn't be eating it. You are. Everybody's reactive to it. So, I, I, but when we're reacting poorly to eggs, almost the perfect food, and and dairy, then that tells me something's wrong, which is a good thing. I, that something's broke. We can go figure out what it is and fix it. I mean, that, that's really what this comes down to. And that the fact that you're reacting to, to animal products tells us that there is something we need to go in and fix. So they're probably, again, it can either be gut or it could be immune or it could be both because 80% of our immune systems in our gut. So I have a feeling our, okay. our primary focus here is going to be avoid the foods that we think might be causing a problem and really start focusing on trying to clean up and, and improve gut bacteria. So how long have, have you had feelings like this? Even if you had them at one point and they got, went away or got better, when was the first time you can remember this occurring? Mm -hmm. Twelve years ago. Okay. And how old would you have been? <laughs> Um, then I would have been, I'm 37, so 25. Okay. You know, it all seems like it, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. I've been on antidepressants for 10 years, or I was on them for 10 years. I've been off for probably like two years trying to figure it out myself, but it still is just like this cycle. Yeah. And I just can't get out of it. Yeah, so which were you on SSRIs? Yeah. Okay. I I took I don't know how many different ones, you know, they would work for six months and like, wow, it's not really working anymore. Let's try something else. Okay, let's try something else. That or go higher and such a such a you typical know the, pattern. You know the story. I, I know. Yeah, it's such a typical yeah. pattern. And there, there is some indication that the SSRIs actually change our brain chemistry and it, it creates one more layer and step we have to work through. All of this can be fixed, um, but th the SSRIs, the longer somebody's on them, the, the longer it might take to turn this around, but it can be turned around. The good news here, there isn't anything here that can't be fixed. I know it feels really <laughs> hopeless when you've been through all this all these years and they give you something and you start to feel a little better and then before you know it you're back to feeling like that again and after a while i get it it feels hopeless it's really not uh it it, it just really can be turned around so um 
when it first started, we go, let's go back to when you were 25 and it first started within, oh, I'd say 12 months or so of that. It was there, was there like a major life event, something pretty traumatic that happened? Uh, well, I had my first child. That's pretty, that can be pretty so traumatic. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it was at the time or I mean, right, or at right. the time I didn't think that, but now looking back, you know, I did have to have a C-section and you know that I wasn't prepared for. I didn't right. want that. Right. <laughs> but you know, I don't, No, it's okay. I don't know. A, a lot um, of times, one of the patterns we see, um, and this is definitely more predominant with women, but I do see it with men as well. Our lifestyle is stressful. Our diet is stressful. Um, we we can get to a point where we're, you know, we've called it burnout. We sometimes use the term adrenal fatigue. We've gotten to the point where there's been so much stress in our life that we've just, if you've heard me talk about building our stress muscle, this whole protocol I've been working on, the yeah. idea that we can't just avoid stress. We have to go work out our stress muscle in a very specific way. What happens is life does the opposite to us. It, it, it destroys our stress muscle. It wears it out to the point where it's so weak that we just can't deal with stressors. And then if we get a big one, you know, ha having an unexpected C-section, then dealing with the aftermath of that, and it, it occurs at a point in our life where we're already pretty worn out, this is where we see this occur. And, and the typical pattern is what you've experienced. The pharmaceuticals and the doctors have nothing to fix this. The psychiatrists have nothing to fix it. The psychologists have nothing to fix it. They, you know, talk therapy might help some people a little bit, but if your brain chemistry is altered because of your microbiome, you can talk to the best therapist in the world. It's not going to fix this. So then they start with yeah. the drugs, the SSRIs, and they work for a little bit. I, I understand why people get so, they almost cling to these. You know, wait a minute. That was the yeah. first time I ever got relief. It felt so good to get that relief. And then it stopped. But then you gave me something else and it felt good again. And and we get so almost desperate to get back to that feeling. And we associate that good feeling with that drug because we started taking it and it helped. But And we can't even explain this. We don't know why they help for a little while and then stop. But they do. This is never the long-term answer. It never works. We So... Then we have two problems because getting off these damn things is difficult. I'm sure you're aware of that. That's not easy either. And that causes stress. So yeah. I, I understand why you, you are in the position you are. The good news is it can be fixed. Um, I, I, a couple approaches I would take here. Um, one, if you want to work directly with us, this is certainly something we can work on. Um, I, this is a case that I would probably put Lauren kind of in the lead and I would do the work in the background. Um, the okay. other option is if you wanted to work even more intensely on this, 
working with somebody like a Dr. Wolfson, somebody who, you know, has a staff and a clinic and not that you need to go to the clinic. He, he can do everything virtual, um, but it's an option. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it they're set up to do a little more intense work. And, and Dr. Wilson is really good with all this stuff as well. I mean, he really gets it. So th- there's a couple options there, depending on kind of how much money you want to spend, how intense you want to work on this. Like I said, I, I think we can really help you turn this around. It may take a little longer, um, probably wouldn't cost as much. But if you if you really said, look, I'm, okay. I'm tired of this, I, I want the absolute best best, most intensive care I can get right now, then I probably would recommend a, a consult with a Dr. Wolfson. Um, we could try it for a while, see if we can start to make some improvement. I know we can. Um, I, I would, and I know this is difficult, but we've got we've to try to use the what willpower you have left because, you know, we talk about that stress muscle we also have to talk about our willpower muscle. We we actually know that that's how willpower works now. Some people do have more willpower than others, just like some people have stronger biceps than somebody else because they've worked them out. They've done curls. You know, their legs are stronger because they do squats. We can actually build up our willpower just like stress or a muscle the more you use your willpower, the weaker it gets, just like a muscle. It's the same thing. We make better decisions in the beginning of the day than we do at the end of the day. By the end of the day, our willpower is weak and we start to make those bad decisions. Right. No, I am going to eat the donut because I know it's going to make me feel better for 15 minutes. Um, and we give in to right. those decisions. So we kind of have to set up our day so we we make our bigger decisions early in the day. Um Try to schedule your day so that later in the evening you're you're doing something that can kind of keep your mind occupied, maybe a hobby. Um, maybe you save, you know, the stress protocol for later in the evening and work on that because it kind of takes your mind off things and it keeps you busy. And so that's part of kind of setting up our day for success so we're not making a bunch of really important decisions late in the day when we're exhausted. So that's one area we would okay. we would work on and, and kind of help you with. And, and the reason we need to kind of build up that willpower is we've got to make you stronger to make better decisions around food. I mean, you've even said as you start to get overly stressed uh, and anxious, you start to reach more for the comfort food and, and you can already feel it's making your symptoms worse. Uh, as much as I hate the fact that we have to avoid something like dairy and eggs right now, we, we just have to uh, until we can fix this. This is going to happen in stages. So I think the first stage is, is kind of setting up your life and your day so we get to a point where it's easier for you to make better decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, and then using yeah. that additional willpower to to make better decisions around food and and right now leaning very heavy on carnivore um how do you feel about seafood um cod is my favorite because it's the least fishy um i'm not huge on seafood i will 
eat it. But I'd rather like take fish oil or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't. I don't love. Yeah. So what I would do then? I, um, I I would find your favorite ways of preparing cod. Maybe it's, you know, cassava battered and deep fried even, you know, like a fish and chips kind of thing. But cassava flour makes an excellent, you know, batter coating. We might use arrowroot sometimes, but I, I would find a way to get more of the cod into your diet. Um, seafood is really, really good for our brain. Uh, so any way we can do that, I mean, fish oils are okay. I, I'm not a big fan of fish oil supplements. I, I just don't think they're they're near enough to um, the the real food. Now we do have a supplement that it really is the real food. It's basically um, kind of freeze dried fish eggs. It, it's raw. Yeah, really, really high okay. in omega threes, and you swallow it. It's just a capsule, but it's more of a whole food. So, whereas fish oils, okay, so it's I not the whole food; it's the oil. The oil can go rancid. We might not have started with the best quality fish oil supplements. Have always had a lot of problems. We sell one. You almost okay. hardly ever hear me talk about it. Um, but I do like our whole food supplement, which is the fish eggs. That's part of our. Uh, ancestral supplements. So I would add those um, to your day. Okay. Are you eating a lot of fermented food? Um, no. I, we were for a while and then we stopped. And no, I haven't been. Okay. So what are, what you said you were trying it for a while. Did you have some favorites? Um, I like asparagus. And um, we did some sauerkraut. I never got really creative with it or anything like that. Like how okay. how you do? I'm not like that yet. <laughs> yeah, I I would I, I would go back to the fermented foods and make this a daily thing. We, we, you should be eating fermented foods a couple of times a day, and it doesn't have to be a lot. So here's the way I like to add fermented foods into my diet. It, good fatty cuts of meat should be the basis of every meal. You know, start with a good fatty cut of meat. What I find is just a little bit of fermented anything, a, a spicy dill pickle, a little bit of sauerkraut, um, fermented asparagus, just a little bit helps cut the fattiness of the meat and gets almost like a palate cleanser. And a couple of bites each meal is more than enough. You don't have to sit down and eat a big bowl of sauerkraut. You know, eat a little bite of sauerkraut with every bite of meat or, a you know, a bite of a, a good fermented pickle or, a, you know, asparagus. That's always a good one. And asparagus is quick and easy to ferment. But we need to get a lot yeah. of fermented foods into your diet. I, I would start with the vegetables. They're pretty easy. Um, did you... Okay ever hear me talk about the the making the the homemade yogurt like the el ruderai yeah we made that we did that for almost a year but then it's like i you know i don't know if i should have that because of the egg or the dairy so we were using a2 okay yeah <laughs> if you're doing it i would either use goat's milk or a2 but we, we may want to hold off i 
remembered we have the the uh, dairy issue. So for right now, we really need to lean heavy on the um, uh, fermented vegetables. Uh, do you like spicy foods? Yes. Uh, have you tried the hot honey yet? No, we haven't. You should really try the hot honey. It's so simple. It's, it's basically okay. fermenting. It's just really simple, and it creates all these crazy new flavors. So just get, you know, green jalapenos, red jalapenos, poblanos, whatever hot pepper you like the flavor of and the heat level. Chop them, slice uh -huh. them, whatever you want. Pack them into a jar and just cover them with honey. Totally covered in the jar and then let them sit out for, it, it only takes a couple days the honey gets really nice and thin and pourable, and it, it most of the sweetness goes away, and it picks up that heat and the fermented flavor, and it's just, I mean, it's excellent on wings, and just, it's really good stuff. You can add it to, you know, all kinds of dishes, and so I, I would try that. That's okay. another form of fermentation. So we want to lean heavy on fatty meats and heavy on um, fermented vegetables. How about kombucha? Uh, yes, we, I need to make some more. We, Excellent. I love doing that a lot. Okay, good. So um, that, that's kind of the diet that. part of this. We're going to have lean heavy on fatty meats, the cleanest meat you can, you can get or afford or whatever works for you, but quality can matter here. So we want to lean towards really clean fatty cuts of meat, lots of fermented veggies, some fermented hot honey, some kombucha, that, that's really the diet part. We don't need to get much more complicated than that. Um, I have some really promising supplements right now for this, stuff I would have just uh -huh. never thought of, stuff we haven't talked about before for issues like this, but they're really showing a lot of promise. Fairly new. Um, so you could kind of be one of my guinea pigs. I'll, I'll work with you on these these supplements that we're seeing a lot of promise with. Um, and then yes, please. the the stress protocol as well. I can work with you directly on that and, you know, kind of coach you through that stress protocol. That's going to be a big part of this. And that that's really it for right now. You know, that focus on the diet, like I just talked about. And, you know, little bits can matter. Sometimes we get it in our head, you know, oh, you know, I, I really feel like, you know, eating some ice cream and it's not going to hurt. And most of the time it doesn't, you know, I still eat ice cream. I ate some last night. Um, once we're healthy, we can do some of those things. It's not that big of a deal. When we're at a place where you're at right now, almost, and I don't want to stress you out with this, but almost everything has an impact now. So if we can just make yeah. one more decision, you know, just dig a little deeper and say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go meditate for 20 minutes and try to go to bed instead. So it, it, I know I'm asking you to be strong when you're at your weakest, but sometimes yeah. that, that's what it takes. And, and, you know, we can be here to help you with that. And you are going to fall off the wagon. You're going to fail. I promise you, we all do. Um, never think that that's some sort of personal failure. It's really not. We all go through that. So it's going to happen. Know that it's going to happen. And then when it happens, we just say, oh, look, see, I knew that was going to happen. And I'm just going to try harder next time.
I, I'm, I'm not going to wait till next Monday and start over. I, I, I identified something I shouldn't have done, and I'm going to stop it right now. And if it happens again in two days, we're just going to treat it the same way. We're just going to identify it and say, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. And I identified it and, you know, I'll work on it. So, you know, focus on the food, focus on the food you like. Um, we should probably do this in stages. So I would take the next two weeks or, you know, if you want to call back in two days, you can. Um, but over the next two weeks, I, I would put most of my focus on the, the food. Let, let's really try to tighten okay. that up. Then in two weeks, we'll start on um, some adaptogens that can have a big impact on this. We'll do that for two weeks. Then two weeks after that, we'll add some supplements that we're really seeing a lot of promise with. And then after that, you will be strong enough. We can start working on the physical stress protocol itself. Does that all make sense? Yes. And then I've got one more assignment for you, and it might be the hardest thing you've had to hear so far in this call. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So you've got to find an activity and we want an activity that you can do early in the day when you still have a lot of willpower and you're usually feeling, my guess is, I, I should probably verify this. My guess is that there, there's probably somewhat of a pattern to this, that there are days where you wake up and you feel pretty strong. And as the day goes on, things get worse. Yes. Okay. I, I kind of figured well, some that. days I wake up and I can't, some days I wake up and I'm, you know, like I am right now. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what we want to look for. We, we want to find the activity ahead of time, and I'll explain what I'm talking about. We want to plan for it. We want to make sure everything's, you know, set up for this so that it's going to work for us. And if you wake up one day and you had planned on this and you just feel like you did today, I mean, you know, this is just one of those really bad mornings. That's not the day to go push mm -hmm. yourself. That really is the day to forgive yourself, give yourself a break and say, look, I'm going to stay in bed and I'm going to read a book and eat a banana and have a cup of tea or whatever, you know, makes you feel more comfortable. So there are times where you're going to want to say, no, I'm not going to try to push through this. All the willpower in the world isn't going to work this morning. So give yourself uh -huh. a break on those days. But if we plan this ahead of time, one of the mornings you'll wake up and go, oh, you know, I, I, I. I feel pretty good today. And here's the activity. You've got to go find a way to help somebody else. Whether it's going to, a, a, you know, a nursing home, um, a palliative care facility, a hospital, a food bank, um, a soup kitchen, um, a, a friend that you know that maybe is sick or has cancer and needs some care. You've got to find an opportunity to go help somebody else. Okay. That's hard to hear right now, isn't it? It is because like, I homeschool our three kids. Oh, that's awesome. And I, you know, I do the books for our business. Oh, and boy. it's like, I feel like I... I'm drowning just, I, you know, in is there, my everyday life. 
Yeah, I, I get it. Is there a way, uh, is there anybody in your life that could maybe take the homeschooling, even if it was one day a month? You know, somebody that you know, or, you know, and, and that could be good for the kids too. They get a different perspective. It might be exciting for them. So that that's one possibility. Think through that. You don't have to, you know, come up with an answer right now. Um, or can you, and I know money could be an issue. Can you give the bookkeeping to somebody else for a month or two? Get get a little bit of that pressure off of you. And again, you don't have to come up with an answer for that right now. But think about some ways that you could get some of that everyday pressure off, even if it's just for a little bit. And you take some of that time mm-hmm. and you just chill and relax and, you know, find a cool place you like to sit. But you also take some of that time and you go find somebody else to help. It can be one of the most powerful things you can do. And I know it's hard to even think about that right now, but it it really is an important part of this. Helping somebody else can really help you turn this around a lot quicker. So I, I don't want you to get too deep into that right now or feel like you have to respond or, or just, just know that when you feel a little better, I want you to take some time and and think a little bit about that. Just, just, and and it, okay. in the beginning, it can be just a little bit, an hour a month. You know, let let's start really easy. Don't overwhelm yourself with this, but getting out and and helping somebody else can really be uh, a game changer. And and I know it's the hardest thing to think about when you feel like this, but it can really make a huge difference. And you know, he, here's another way. I don't want to overwhelm you with too many thoughts, but when you get a chance, you might want to think about this. What about finding an activity that you would actually take the kids with you and and do something together and that could actually be a part of the homeschooling? I, I love homeschooling yeah. and I love it when we can add things in that traditional schools never do. You know, find an activity where the right. kids can can come with you and and be a part of this. And and we kind of, you know, we take care of the homeschooling and it's good for the kids and it'll be good for you. Okay. I know I've probably given you an awful lot to think about. I hope I haven't overwhelmed you. No, I was already overwhelmed before this also. Okay. Okay. So I, I know it's a lot, and I know this was a, a, a rough morning, but I, I promise you, we can turn this around. Okay, so should I uh, do like another NutriQ and set up a call? Yes. Um, with Lauren? Yep. Yep. And, and make sure somewhere to put in the note for Lauren or whoever, there's always place to put in notes that you and I have talked and then I'm that I'm going to get involved in this one-on-one so that I start to see all the stuff as it comes in. Okay. And, and we'll go from there. And that just, sounds good. Yeah. Just take the next couple of weeks and, and focus on kind of the willpower issue and setting up your schedule. So you're making, you know, more important decisions early in the day and, and kind of just get that figured out and the food. 
you know, start thinking about meals that you really like, start thinking about pre-cooking proteins, you know, get back and do the, the fermentation, maybe get your kids involved in, in that kind of stuff too. meal prep. I, I you know, for right. me, yeah, that's a great way to, you know, educate your children on nutrition and food. What, you know, they don't teach our kids that in school and what would be more important you know, consider that part of your homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Okay. All right. Anything else I can help you with right now? No, I think that, I think this is a good start. Okay. Good. Take a Thank deep you. breath. You're welcome. And uh, I, I will look forward to talking to you again real soon. Okay. Okay. All right, Aaron, thanks. We'll talk again soon. Take care. Okay. All right, let's go to Alabama. Sarah, welcome to the program. Hello. I was going to say um, my parents used to take us when we were overwhelming them in the summertime to the six kids to the nursing home and have us all find somebody to play cards with or read a book to or something. And that obviously gave us a, a good lesson in just being there with and helping other people. And they gave my parents a break. Um, but I called in to share a book that I usually share at least once a year. Um, it's kind of a, devotional in nutrition, if you will. It's called Mind Body Nutrition by Mark David. And the book or program is broken up into several several different segments. So you can listen to like one a day, contemplate it, and it just suggests little changes here and there and different ways of looking at things that I think really would help people who are struggling either to change their diet or to make any change um, or just thinking about food and, and things differently. I, I really like that program. That sounds um, interesting. Yeah. And then I, I wanted to share another book that is not new. It's, it looks like it was, put out in 2012, but I just found it when I was um, looking up researching fasting and cancer and all that stuff. And it's called Cancer is Not a Disease. It's a healing mechanism. Um, discover cancer's hidden purpose, heal its root causes, be healthier than ever. That one is by Andreas Moritz. And I shared both of those books in Healthy Tribe. I'm just, I'm just getting into cancer is not a disease, but I love where it's going. And it's not just about cancer. It's about our whole perspective on health and medical system versus what we need to do for optimal health. Got it. That sounds interesting, I know I'm standing too. out yeah. in the wind, so it's a little breezy, so I don't want to distract people too much of that. Yeah, no, that, that, um, that sounds really interesting. I, you know what? I haven't read that one. I've got to, uh, 
It sounds really familiar. Every now and then I download a book and somehow it gets lost in the shuffle. I'll have to go back and look through all my books and see if I have that one. I'm, I'm backed up on books again. I've been doing a ton of reading, but um, there's still, there's just so many good ones. I, I still haven't even finished Brain Energy and I started that one a couple of weeks ago. I've got to get back to that one again. Um, there was a lot of, yeah, I can't get, I'm having trouble getting through that one. So I picked up and started some other ones. That's kind of Um, what happened to me. Um, you know, that it's a good book because nobody else has really tackled that topic before, but I have to say, he's not one of my favorite writers. He, it's kind of hard to get through the material. Um, but like I said, there it's, it's one of the, the only books I've really found on, you know, brain health and brain metabolism that took that approach. So I'm going to go back and uh, try to finish that one up. Yeah, I, I veered off into into a different topic for a little while of communication and relationships and uh, was recommended a bunch of books and a few of them are three, four hours long. So I've been... Um, I've been going through those at 1.4 speed and it's just a, a nice breakup in topic, but also something good to visit every once in a while. Yeah. There you go. All right. Anything else on your mind well, today? I want to say, yep. Just wanted to say happy new year's to everybody and just take some time and breathe. Things can get overwhelming and close your eyes. Just breathe the great thing about breathing is you have to be present to breathe you can't breathe in the past and you can't breathe in the future yeah that that's a good point and uh, you know i'm gonna take another deep dive into breathing here i did that uh, metabolic testing and it turns out my breathing is actually pretty poor I'd like to hear more about that someday, but I know you've got a lot on your plate right now. Yeah, a, a lot going on. All right, speaking of which, the calls are starting to pile up on me, so I'm going to move on. We're going to go to Missouri this time. Jack, welcome to the program. Hey, I love your show, and thank you for all you do for everybody. Well, hey, you're welcome. A, what can I help you with today? I went, went, I went and got my oh, blood work done here a while back. They have like a health fair, so I went and done it. Of course, I've I've always had high cholesterol. They try to get me on statins, and I I'm not going to do that. So I went down. Someone suggested that I go. I'm 61 years old. They suggested I get like a, a CT scan to see how much buildup is in my arteries. Okay. And so I decided to do it, prove them wrong. Well, I, evidently they wasn't wrong. And my number is 1421 on that thing and i don't is there any way to clean your arteries out you know with food or how do you you know by the way your diet or not well tell me about your diet it's not it's i have been on the keto in the past five years ago and lost quite a bit of weight lost 50 pounds at least 55 pounds got down to around 200 and that's kind of where i wanted to be so now it I kind of do keto-ish. I kind of try to eat decent. I'm always conscious of it, but I haven't been doing real good. 
Okay. So yeah, what you eat has an impact on this, like it has an impact on every part of our health. Um, I'm not a big fan of these scans. Uh, they're, they're more of a revenue generating model than just about anything else. They find all kinds of things on these scans and, oh, look, we saw a spot on your lung. We better go check your lungs now. And it, it's just, it, it's part of the whole right. medical system. But um, the way to, to fix this really is to clean up your diet even more. So we eat out at restaurants less often, eat less processed food, eat better quality meat, make sure you get rid of the seed oils. And anytime you eat at restaurants, you're getting seed oils. That's all they use. So the 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 way to clean this up further is to clean your diet up further. Now, you can either just do that on your own and, and know that the cleaner your diet is, the healthier you get all around, including your arteries and your veins and all those things, or because you have a known cardiac issue, um, you could do a consultation with Dr. Wolfson and approach it that way. I, I've already called or set up an appointment. I got to talk to one of these team members on Friday. Oh, good, good. That, thought, that's, that would be I'd my give, recommended give approach. See what you said. Yeah, no, that would be yeah. my recommended approach. Okay. They'll they'll fix you right up. Okay. And my A1C is 5.4. My glucose is 95. Is that excellent? Is that decent or Yeah, good that's, or? and, and okay. that's, that's probably that's the single right. biggest issue. And when it comes to heart disease, what causes all of our heart disease is poor blood sugar control and too much insulin in the body, too much sugar and too much insulin. And right. you fixed both of those. Right. So you've, you've, you've made the single biggest change you could make so far. Okay. Yeah, I just need to clean up the diet, and I know that. I just didn't know if there's any way to reverse what I've already done all these there years. There is, yeah. As far as I, I'm, I, I believe know, that, been, that been our bodies, are, yeah, our body's a pretty amazing thing. You give it the right nutrients, it fixes a lot of stuff. All right. Okay. Yep. I guess I'll see what they say on Friday and go from there. Sounds good. Uh, call me back. Let me know. Love to hear the results. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Marcy, welcome to the program. Hello. I um, was listening to the call. I wasn't. I didn't catch her name. Uh, the one who has like super high anxiety. Aaron. But I had um, just Aaron. Okay, that's right. Um, there. I have like a combination of things. Um, ideas. I just went through a brains course with Dr. Annette Boz. Okay. And she's, she got you know, some of her ideas from Brain Energy, that book. Right. But she, that's her specialty is brains. But she recommended a couple things. Um, one is jump roping. So what a great idea All that helps. It's been studied back to help your brain. That would be a great kid. Um, exercise, yeah, and would. I was telling my teacher friend about it, and she was like, no kid today is doing any exercises, let alone jump roping. So that, to me, is a hand-bind-body coordination. I and, love that. And Dr. Boz, all her patients, doctor, her patients, every single patient she has, has to jump rope, and that she can tell right away who's the one that 
are on drugs, who's the ones that are on this or that, just by just by the jump roping. So that's an easy, hey. fun thing for her to do. You just made me think of something else. I hope Erin's still listening, and I hope she goes out and gets jump ropes for her and the kids. I think that would be awesome. And then I'll even throw this out there. Um, I, I did this one year at Christmas with the boys. I just, I, I couldn't come up with a, you know, I used to come up with a really cool gift. I, I'm not really good at gift giving, but I can usually come up with one really unique kind of fun thing. And um, with the kids one year, I actually bought everybody unicycles and we all learned how to ride unicycles <laughs> together. Holy cow. Talk about, you know, an intense brain body experience. Um, trying to learn how to ride a unicycle is really challenging, but it's also really satisfying when you get it. So the jump rope idea, I absolutely love. That was nice and simple and it's fun right from the beginning. Uh, but if you have fun with that and you want to take it to the next level, try unicycles. Yeah. My husband used to have a unicycle, and it was just, it's so rare these days to know anybody that rides a unicycle. It is fun to watch. Yeah, um, it is. I have a couple other recommendations. Sure. Um, one, one is also to do a gratitude uh, oh. journal, and oh. this can also be for the kids. Marcy, Every day, uh, morning, and yeah. I'm going to jump in because I'm so glad you said that. I kept thinking to myself, there's one more thing <laughs> I, I want to tell her. And I, every time I would come back to it, I'd think, God, there's one more thing. What was it? And it was all about gratitude. So go ahead. I want you to finish that. Yeah. Uh, ben Azadi, who does keto camp, he always calls it the vitamin G. And uh, vitamin gratitude, and it's in uh, twenty, a list of twenty things in the morning, twenty things at night, and write them down on a grateful journal, and that will also change her brain into instead of this negative anxiety space and being grateful for things, and that is known proof to make you feel better. Yep. That was another uh, thought. Thank you. And then I have another one which is, um, there's a woman, her name is Emily Penton, and she healed her MS and bipolar by just basically eating meat. And it's mostly, like, she just eats raw meat. So uh, she has a YouTube uh, channel, and it's, I would really encourage her because she needs a support group. Yes. This woman, not only she does some private, um, she's very one-on-one, and but she has a Saturday support group on YouTube, and I would urge her to look at all of those Saturday supports because there's a group of people that have either similar or quite similar different situations that she can feel in some kind of a support, like you're not alone here. Right. But I, Emily has a video of how she, and I actually tried it because for some reason it intrigued me, this raw meat thing. But she cuts, she gets really good uh, grass-fed meat or even lamb, whatever, cuts them up into little pieces and then puts them in the freezer and then separates it with uh, parchment paper. So you can just, and this is just good, really quick thing to eat. And it doesn't really taste like really chewy, chewy raw meat. And even if you cut up the fat and put it in the freezer in little chunks, 
it tastes almost like cheese. Oh yeah. And uh, which and it's really good. I'll tell you what. I tried it and I liked it, so I just made some more. And I thought this is just a good thing for me to have. As uh, if I'm in the mood for it, uh, I'll tell you, I feel really good eating it, and um, that totally changed that Emily's uh, life. And she said she almost felt like a a change. Her brain chemistry changed just by, you know, straight carnivore or you know, lion's diet or even right. raw meat. I think she should all just. Well, she got nothing to lose by trying to do that. You know, we are seeing more and more conditions and people being really improved by by carnivore. It's like the more meat we eat, the healthier we get. And it, it's, it's really, you know, it, it even took me a while to come around and I'm still kind of coming around that this really does work. And, and so many people have been so improved and it really does come down to meat and animal products. I, it, it's pretty incredible. Um, it, now, before I forget, how, how would Erin find this YouTube channel? Oh, she just goes under uh, Center of Brilliance is the name of her YouTube channel, Center of Brilliance. Okay, And excellent. then you can just find her and it, and it, I listen to it. I, I just get a lot out of the, the group myself. I mean, I just realized there's so many people that have so many different issues, but there's a, there's a support. I mean, she has her own, you know, you can join her one-on-one and you yeah. can, um, yeah. you know, she can help you if, you know, she, if you wanted to spend that kind of money, but she specifically, she's like, when I'm with that person, it's a hundred percent all in like, I just think the support system, just like, you know, us doing with the support system with Healthy Tribe. Right. I need the support system to keep me, you know, in check. And, 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 and that's where you have to go because there's nobody else out here that's doing what we're doing. Exactly. So we're the three percenters out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, pure blood three percenters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, those are my recommendations. And, and one more thing is that Dr. Boz, she recommends, again, get a piece of paper, and the kids can do this too. Your non-dominant hand, do left-handed loops, which is a L cursive, over and over and over for three minutes. If she's having an anxiety attack or just focused on her, then get that piece of paper, do three minutes. It, sometimes it's tough, I'll, uh, but that is supposed to... It's a meditation. It's Excellent. a quick way for a three-minute yeah. meditation. It's called left-handed loops. You can look it up. She'll show you on a YouTube video at uh, Dr. Boss. So Excellent. Uh, those are just my great my my <laughs> all these thoughts. But yeah, go ahead. You keep going. Yeah, really, really uh, good stuff. I'm glad off. you called. All right, Kevin. Bye bye. Okay, talk to you soon. Yeah, great stuff. Ah. So glad she brought up the gratitude. I, it was there in my mind. I kept, I, I would think about it and go, oh yeah, gratitude. And then I'd get talking about something else and I'd forget. So I'm really glad she uh, brought that up. That that Those gratitude journals or gratitude exercises are really powerful. They're hard to do. When you're feeling down and, and uh, anxious, they're really, really hard to do. But if you can push through these things, they can make a big difference. 
That's where setting up your day with with the willpower and making these things, decisions in the morning uh, can make a difference. All right, let's go to Virginia. Matt, welcome to the program. Uh, Hi, Kevin. Can you hear me okay? I can. What's on your mind today? Uh, I was uh, asking a question uh, for my wife uh, to see if you could help us if a one-on-one would be beneficial. And it is, after eating NDK for about eight years, all of a sudden she's got some weight gain going on that we cannot get a hold of whatsoever. She's got a Nutricube. It should be there in front of you. Oh, let me go. Um, yep. If you want, I could give you a. I can give you a quick background while you look it up. Uh, sure, go ahead, and I'll I'll get to it here. Okay, uh, like I said, we've been eating NDK for about eight years. Uh, years and years ago, before that, she had a hysterectomy, a full hysterectomy, and uh, something is wrong with her thyroid. I don't totally understand it. She has an empty cella on her thyroid. Um, not for sure what that is, but um, a couple of years ago, during a one-on-one with Michael, your son, he actually found us a functional medicine doctor in our town that specializes in hormones. Okay. So we hired him, and, and we've been going to him for a long time. And she, he put her on a compound. She, like, rubs it behind her knees and stuff like that. Okay. So he got her hormones dialed in, but for some reason, she is gaining about two pounds every two weeks, nonstop. Okay. And we have tried everything, uh, intermittent fasting. Um, he does extensive blood work. So if we do a one-on-one... We got plenty of blood work. I know her last A1C was 4.9, and I think her fasting insulin was around 6. Okay. So her, her Nutri-Q looks really good. Um, I, I do see uh, thyroid, pituitary, adrenal could possibly be an issue, but she's got a really good nutri I mean, this is typically what we see when somebody's really cleaned up their diet, especially for as long as you two have. So there's not a, a lot in the Nutri-Q we're, we're going to pick up on. Um, I, I think that what's going to work here, and yes, I would recommend a one-on-one, um, we're going to approach this from, uh, we're going to do the receptor detox. I, I have a feeling the, the, the practitioner you're working with is using something called bioidentical hormones. Uh, they might be, uh, I know a laboratory makes them and it's a compound. That's uh, yeah. All I so know. that's, what's called a compound pharmacy and, and they're, they're probably compounding bioidentical hormones. Um, they were working for a while. They're not working now. That that tends to be a pattern that I see. I, I don't think that we can manage hormone levels externally. I, I, my approach is that it, if we have to keep giving you bioidentical hormones, there's still something wrong. We haven't addressed the root cause. Yeah. Um, so we've developed a, a program where we use, um, first off, we use... Uh, receptor detox. So all hormones need a receptor cell. 
and they they land on that receptor cell like a key in a lock, and then they open that receptor. One of the problems we can see when hormones get out of balance, those receptors are blocked. There are other compounds that can mimic that key and they get in the lock, but they can't turn it. But if you've got one key in the lock, then you can't get another key in. That That's the best way I could describe receptors. And we can get gunked up receptors. There, there's keys in there, but they're the wrong key. They can't turn it. We can't get the right key to the receptor. Then we get these hormone issues. So we have a line of supplements that, that detoxes those receptors, kind of knocks out all the wrong keys to open up those receptors so the, the proper hormones can get in there and do their job. So it, it's like a, a phased approach. We would start with receptor detox then we would start with not hormones themselves, but the nutrients that build hormones. Like we'll take an adrenal supplement and a, a liver supplement. We'll, we'll take the nutrients that will rebuild these hormones after we do the detox first. So it might be a two-week detox period, a two-week, you know, hormone rebalance period. And then we would start working with her on the stress protocol, actually, because that's what's going to be the final step in building back her stress resilience. And I know that all seems odd because you called about weight loss or weight gain, but that's what's causing this weight gain. Her hormones are out of balance again. Yeah, when she goes to get her drug, her blood drawn, she goes about once every two months. He says, like, well, the, the numbers are good. I can't explain the uh, weight gain. He thinks her body is trying to throw her into menopause, even though she can't because she had a hysterectomy. That's his that, best um, answer. He, I would tend to agree with him that that is making things more difficult. That's a, a tough time. That's why I, I don't yeah. believe in hormone therapy. I, I don't think we can figure it out. I think it's too complicated. Yeah. Okay. So I, so I think one we, on one will be beneficial. Yeah, we, we take a, a, a different approach. We, we try to fix the body so it can balance its own hormones. Okay. All right. So, um, we would pretty much just kind of kind of lay off of this doctor and switch because we're not really getting nowhere. I guess uh, yeah, right, and approach, I, right? You know, I, I, I do tend to wonder why we have to keep going back and doing so much blood work, you know, months and months into this, and we're not really getting anywhere. In fact, we're going backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's every two months at about $275. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's time to try a different approach. Okay. Well, at least our Nutri-Q looks good. It it really does. It it looks like a Nutri-Q of somebody who's been eating a really clean diet for several years. Yeah, we uh, we follow you pretty close. Well, we will uh, finish the paperwork and all that when it gets back, and uh, we'll uh, go from there then. Excellent. Perfect. All right. I 
I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. All right. We are going to wrap this up for today. We are all out of time. I will be back here tomorrow for a free-for-all. I think we have rolling toe tomorrow. I'll verify that uh, tomorrow. So we'll see you then. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.